0: Here are five pay-per-click mistakes you're probably making in your PPC marketing campaigns. Most common pay-per-click campaign mistakes can be easily corrected with extra awareness, time, and effort. You can adjust your optimization strategy to focus on ROI, return on investment, instead of CPA, cost per action, and get better results. Now, with some changes to the way you approach your PPC activities as a whole, you can fine-tune your funnel and get a higher-quality conversion or conversions. PPC marketers are only human, like myself, after all. But by avoiding some common campaign mistakes, you can overcome a number of issues, and we're going to go over them here, just a quick five Uh, mistakes that are usually made so the first PPC marketing mistake that I encounter is the generality of the remarketing so when your remarketing is too general Remarketing lists that are too general and not properly segmented is a common PPC mishap. For example, remarketing a brand or a particular client product to all users who visited the website in the last 30 days. That is way too broad and it doesn't give you a meaningful impact on your CVR. And we're going to go over some of these acronyms. And actually, if you go to my website, Sampuno.com, you can look up these acronyms because in a lot of these podcasts, I'm going to have acronyms that I repeat over and over. Now, going back to the your remarketing being too general, if visitors have read a specific article or they've taken a specific action... Focus on giving those visitors added value in your retargeting campaign. Say, say for instance, what I usually encounter is I'm catering to a particular business and they're providing services for corporate events. And the visitors to the website who spent more than 30 seconds on the blog page, uh, for instance, how do you cut down a tree? I mean, they're clearly interested in tree service. So instead of retargeting them with a general ad, I like to show them a specific ad related to what they're looking for. Um, And this is really the best way to go about it because you are moving the process or the buying decision closer to the action. When it's too general, you can see how those people will start to fall off the second mistake I encounter is optimizing for hard conversions instead of soft ones and what I mean by this is for instance um trying to optimize for an action at the bottom of your funnel or your sales funnel when your campaign doesn't have the traffic or budget to create enough conversions so for instance let's say that you have an e-commerce website and you are optimizing for a hard conversion like somebody actually has to make a purchase that's a hard conversion a soft conversion is maybe somebody has put an item in their cart they haven't made the purchase yet they've just put the item in the cart so what if we started optimizing just for that? We started optimizing for people who put an item in a cart. And all what all that means is that when someone actually puts an item in a cart, you know, it's more likely that they're going to make a purchase, but they haven't made the purchase yet. But if we start optimizing for people who put an item in a cart, that's the software conversion And that gives us more information more data to work with so for instance the way around this is to optimize for soft conversions or for actions at the top or at the middle of the funnel so again let's go back to the e-commerce website Um, let's say that um, when they make a purchase when a visitor makes a purchase on the e-commerce website That's actually that's at the bottom of the funnel, but at the top of the funnel or at the middle, you know, there's different steps. First, they come to your website, then they look through certain certain items, then they put an item in the cart. So you can see if you if you imagine a funnel with, you know, three, four or five steps, the last step being a purchase, we can optimize for something above the last step, like. Putting something in a cart. So, again, going back to the title of this second issue, instead of optimizing for hard conversions, um, a better way to go about all of this is to optimize for softer conversions. The third issue I encounter is when people are overlooking the value of late conversions. So for instance, you ran a campaign for two weeks and the CVR, the conversion ratio was very low. So you close a campaign and assign it to the fail bin. However, not every conversion is instant. People don't immediately click on your ad and then immediately make a purchase. Sometimes it takes a couple of hours, a day or two, or a week. So say you're running a campaign for auto insurance renewal and you have a click to download a $50 discount coupon. A customer may, may download the coupon, but only redeem it in two months time when their insurance is up. The final conversion was late two months after the campaign ran. Depending on the type of conversion you're aiming for, the process of engaging and converting users can be a slow one. And if you're focusing on immediate value, not taking late conversions into account and closing campaigns prematurely then you're making a common PPC mistake. The fix to this is to remember the value of late conversions, test your data with bigger conversion window, and you can even test different attribution models such as switching your Google Analytics from last click to first click in order to help with the measurement. Another thing that I encounter a lot is that, you know, with a small, being a small business generally, or rather, growing business, and you're, market, you're working on your campaign, your marketing, and then your business, uh, you don't really see the big picture. And even if you have a small team, again, everyone's just focused on what they do. Uh, so the lack of seeing the big picture is also another issue. And um, as a PPC marketer uh, running campaigns on a range of platforms, um, I, I, there's issues that uh, you encounter. And that um, are usually easily very solved. For instance, um, for myself, I'm running an Instagram campaign, and let's say I noticed the CTR, the click-through rate, is low. Um, however, uh, you know, I, I don't discount the impact that it may be having on the brand campaign I'm running on Google. Perhaps I usually my thought process is that the user didn't click on the Instagram link, but the exposure to the Instagram posts over the past few days is usually is a catalyst for them to click through on the google search so for instance um, let's say I'm running uh, multiple uh, advertising campaigns over different platforms, Um, you know, so it, let's say that one person sees, or you know, the Instagram campaign may not be spurring people to click, but they're seeing the ad. They're being exposed to the brand. So if they see the brand elsewhere, on Facebook, on Google, uh, or wherever else, it increases the likelihood that they will engage because they've been exposed already to the brand. It's sort of like creating... Um, uh, a presence at every point of contact, even though they don't go through this point, you know, invariably they might go through another point. And it's also the case that the fact that they've already been exposed to this brand in one area increases the likelihood that, you know, they're going to further engage with the brand once they see it a second or a third time. So, you know, being aware of the bigger picture. Um, don't underestimate the cross-channel effect of uh, running an ad campaign Uh, i like to optimize campaigns separately but i make sure to look at the bigger picture and that's one thing that um, i encounter that some people uh, my clients usually do not and that's what i help them to fix Lastly, not properly managing exclusion lists. And this is something that most of my clients and most small businesses, most marketers don't really know or, or even engage with. In fact, remarketing is something that uh, a lot of people don't even engage with. It's only after you bring it to their attention that they start to see the value in it. But let's go back to, um, you know, not properly managing exclusion lists every ppc marketer like myself and good ones know how important exclusion lists are instead of targeting existing customers exclusion lists lets you focus on new acquisitions on new customers the challenge <clears throat> excuse me the challenge for ppc marketers is really moving away from the cookies based exclusion to a more dynamic exclusion strategy which again i mean Even with this sentence that very well cuts out a lot of people who are not, for the most part, familiar with any of what I just said in terms of exclusion lists and uh, even looking at the bigger picture. For um, BBC marketer, I mean, <laughs> pardon. For PPC marketers in uh, in our space, my if with the sales department, for instance, imagine that uh, the PPC marketer in the B two B world, which I do do a lot of. If your sales department already closed a deal with a particular client, then you don't. You want to exclude that client's employees from your retargeting lists, so because. They are already your client and you are the purpose of your marketing or this particular marketing campaign is to acquire new clients. Um, with LinkedIn, it's easy to exclude employees from, from, a basic, from a specific company, either by LinkedIn's out-of-the-box targeting or by uploading your um, exclusion list to LinkedIn's platform. With other platforms, it's not so easy. It's not so simple. So you have to find ways to do that. Yet, there are ways very well to do that. For example, um, uh, you can create an IP-based uh, exclusion list and upload it to your Google search or uh, display campaign. Um, so, I mean, there are many ways to go about this, but uh, these are the five things that I usually encounter. That uh, you know, once I start to work on, I mean, this makes a world of difference. Uh, but I hope you, I hope you found value from listening to this podcast. Although myself, I do tend to talk, and uh, I have a lot of fillers and I have a lot of ums and ahs, But um. Confident that there is valuable knowledge, valuable nugget of information that you can derive from this. At any rate, I do wish you a very, very, very good listening experience. And uh, let me know if you have any questions. You can just follow me on my uh, Facebook, Twitter, or just reach out to me via my website, Sambuno. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.